Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Garment Decorators podcast hosted by Target Transfers. Today Andy and I are going to be talking about mistakes that new businesses make and in particular heat printing businesses. Um, So should we jump straight Straight in? I don't have anything else to intro. Um, So the first thing I wanted to talk about was buying the wrong heat press. Obviously heat presses are the bread and butter of any heat printers Mm. business and whether it's buying too cheap a heat press or yeah. going ott and buying like a massive yeah. dual air fusion when you don't need one were the two points that i wanted to talk about really yeah so, so just to be clear obviously we we are part of the hotronics group and we can provide you with the best heat presses but at the same time as we want to stop you from buying a cheap terrible one we also mm-hmm. are quite honest and we don't want you to be buying one that you don't need and wasting wasting that money. money that you could be investing in your own business because we want you to survive and thrive. So that's why it's really important to really take your time and consider there's lots of videos on YouTube about which heat press you should buy, what functionality you should need. It's very easy now to make the right decision on heat presses, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've seen quite a few people buying too cheap a heat press in a mm-hmm. way and they don't they have cold spots on them, they don't fuse the garment as nicely. Yeah. Um, and then within a couple of months or even sooner than that, people are having to buy another heat press like a Hot yeah. Tricks or to open or Max or something like that. Um, so realistically, by buying the cheapest press you can find, you're, you're wasting that money essentially because you're going to have to end up getting a decent one at some point anyway. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the, the money that you spend on an import. So basically the rule, the rule of thumb with buying heat presses we, you, should, you need to be able to do the time temperature pressure that we always talk about and there's a reason we talk about them is because they're very important yes everything fuses at a very specific time temperature and pressure so this is non-brand specific this is what you should be looking at for every heat press we encourage you to go and look around and try and find the best heat press for you mm-hmm. um but, but the three questions you should always ask the, the person you're buying the heat press from or the business or the manufacturers can i accurately measure time temperature pressure obviously i'd hope that most of them have a a time run them as a basic Mm -hmm. uh most of them should all have a temperature readout but how accurate that temperature readout is is Mm -hmm. the really important thing because the the temperature readout can say one thing but is it really that accurate and is it accurate the whole way across the button we found it quite a lot with people that are buying the cheaper ones is that they tend to have to put the temperature up by 10 or 15 degrees uh, versus the actual number once they test it, like a thermopan or something like that, which is, I guess, it's one way it's a workaround. But at the same time, is yet how long will that difference stay consistent? Is it always going to be just ten degrees outwards? It going to start to become fifteen or twenty, twenty-five by the time you actually get into it. Um, I remember our colleagues over at Transfer Express testing the Cricut Auto Open. And I think it was like twenty degrees out in the end when they tested. Twenty. It was quite a big difference. I had no idea it was. And that. I knew it, it was different. I didn't yeah. know it was that much different. You have to go back and check the video on their YouTube channel to be one hundred percent sure on that. But even some of the best presses can be inaccurate. So, for instance, if you're if you're in a demo room, ask them to test the the uh, heat on the press for you. So you can see it's accurate. Ask them to test all the way around the press, not just the middle or certain sweet spots. They've got to be able to show that it's accurate all the way through mm-hmm. because if you can't have accuracy all the way through, you can only press a few different items that way. You can't do full prints or you can't do really small prints. Um, so, again, make sure that, that um, if you're going to really invest in it, uh, this as a business is make sure that that 
top platen is accurate to the degree or within one or two degrees at the absolute um, most. Because um, it will always, some of them will fluctuate as a, depending on the environment of the room it's in, which is fine. Mm -hmm. um, so make sure that's accurate. Make sure the pressure is able, you're able to accurately um, measure the pressure. Ideally, it should have a pressure readout tells you exactly what the pressure is that's the easiest thing in the world to just get pressure yeah readout. that's where you, it's one less thing to worry about as a business owner, especially mm -hmm. when you're first starting out is that you want to be able to do quick consistent and easy work to get mm -hmm. started get your feet wet and get going you don't want to be able to deal with issues from day one you don't have to yeah some because some people come back to you and moan and a lot of people just won't come back to you if you don't do it right that's what i was going to say yeah so some people do come back but it you'd rather have them come back and moan and rectify it than you would the people that just disappear and never buy from you again, which yeah. isn't helpful for business long-term. And yeah, like, like you said, Molly, it's just only buy the one you need. If you're just starting out, maybe you don't need a dual air fusion. I mean, it is the best heat press. It does look very it cool. It does look very cool. And <laughs> you should work towards that because that is the most efficient, mm -hmm. quickest, fastest, most accurate heat press. But at the same time, maybe have a two to five year plan of like a, hey, I'm going to get this amount of business in year one and year two and year three. And then by the time I get to say year three or year five, I've built a plan in. So when I can afford to buy that machine either upfront or on finance, but I yeah. can justify it by knowing I've got enough volume going through my business. Yeah. That was going to be a man. It's common. It's not just being able to financially afford it. It's being able to actually utilize it for everything it offers. Like if you're just using a handful of t-shirts a day, you can have a dual effusion, but there's not really going to be any major benefit to having no. that versus like an auto open or something so okay so we've said don't waste money on expensive kit that you don't need aka yeah. top end of heat press when you don't need it which heat press would you recommend give me your top three heat presses for someone who's starting a printing business or just looking to maybe upgrade from an import press someone who's starting their business i would probably go with either the auto open or the fusion iq mm -hmm. um i would personally having spent so much time working with the heat presses i want that pressure readout yeah the max i can't is, live without yeah the hotronics max is very accurate and it's very easy to regulate that pressure but if i'm doing working towards volume or i'm working towards someone else operating that machine for me mm -hmm. i want to know that they i can control that and let them go or and don't have to worry about mistakes happening yeah so i'd probably go either the auto open or i'd go the fusion iq which is the swing in a draw press depending on what i'm decorating okay so if i'm decorating lots of sports stuff or uh decorators that need quite a lot of detail done in terms of transfer placement vinyl placement i'll probably go for the swing and draw because it's heat it's time away from the heat press mm -hmm. if i'm just doing like a4 and a3 prints i'd probably go with the auto open yeah um but i'll go the 40 by 50 because i don't want to have to buy a bit as bigger press if i go for the smaller the smaller sizes like the 28 by 38 don't want to then have to buy another heat press in six months because i wish i'd had a big one because i've got a, yeah. you know a big job for large prints or something like that yeah because you can change the size of the bottom platens but you can never change the yeah. size of the heated platen on the top Very yeah. good point okay good good recommendations yeah. and as a follow-up uh well, there's more. yeah <laughs> is i would say that another mistake is it uh, that people make when it comes to heat presses so if they get the price of them for now is mm -hmm. say you've bought the heat press is don't let it sit there gathering dust because that that's a big a mistake that people make they either uh buy the heat press too soon um or they don't have enough action once it arrives it's really important if you're going to buy that heat press is that as soon as it arrives you want to be unboxing it and you want to have a plan mm -hmm. you can't just be like okay 
yeah because you can make lots of money from heat printing it's there's no yeah, there's yeah. no there's no doubt about that if you do it properly you can make a lot of money even if you get it out of the box and you have a plan for sample kits to make to go into businesses yeah. at least you know who you're approaching and what you're approaching them with if you get it out and then go right what can i do with it you're just going to be wasting yeah. time that you could be paying off that heat press essentially that's it it's, it's a very expensive coffee table if you're if you haven't got a plan <laughs> however it's a very affordable business startup if you look yes. at it from that point of view yeah so i'd say that's the other thing is just to get stuck in once it does arrive because otherwise you're just gonna don't put your coffee yeah, don't, on don't it. wait for tomorrow don't wait for tomorrow to happen before you start printing stuff to have a plan have some designs have some mm. transfers ready to fuse because you know until you start going and you start trying to learn how to use it yeah you've got no chance of being successful with it no and also shameless plug from a target point of view if you are thinking about starting a heat printing business we do currently have lots of heat press mm -hmm. bundles on the website which means you can get everything you need included transfers heat press accessories all for less ships next day discounted price yeah continue <laughs> the podcast yeah. um no i joke but they are very good deals yeah, that we've got they are very good deal, so if yeah. you're thinking of starting one i'd recommend checking them out do you want to go with one have you got us um yeah i was going to say the other thing that, that um pops up quite a lot when people come in here for events or one-to-ones I spoke to a few people that show about this as well, actually. Um, and it's kind of an ego thing, really, is that people think that they need to have a physical location to be a business. Oh, you mean not the front room or the spare bedroom? Yeah, yeah. Don't be ashamed to be running this out of your, your garage or your spare room, basically. It's kind of my other advice is that. Yeah. Um, especially at the moment with rates for. It's your overheads, isn't the it? The overheads and utilities that you would have. Of, just but i mean it's very nice and it's very i mean there's a romantic notion of having your own unit on a industrial estate but uh, do you really need but, it but do you really need it i know lots of our customers you know successful busy customers that have actually switched back to doing it in the garage um you know maybe extending the garage and doing it in their rot and then giving up the keys to these spaces because they're like just eating into my profits it's just and it's not yeah other than perhaps vanity it's not really serving any any purpose to them. Yeah, I suppose it looks good if you're posting about it online or if you're filming mm. content in that space. Like that's all well and good, but nine times out of ten, people are interested in what's on the heat press and the heat press itself, not the backdrop that it's in. And it might look impressive, yeah. like you say, um, but if you can get the workout in a room in your house when you're already paying to live there, yeah, <laughs> you are reducing your costs significantly. What kind of paint, you know. It for 50 quid, you could, you could paint the garage yep. a nice white color or whatever. Hang some put, lights, put up some there. artwork up there, and hang some shirts. And you've got a nice studio, but it costs you a fraction of the amount it will cost you to run a yeah. um, a unit. And it's you know unless that unless you need that space, but you got so big and you physically can't hold all the shirts and stuff. Mm -hmm. Is like only get that unit when it's like you definitely need you really need it because I'm sure there's lots and lots of units available at the moment. Oh, I don't imagine there's a wait list for actually getting into one. So even storage units, like you say, if you're um, mm. if you're printing in your garage, but you have like a surplus of t-shirts and garments that you just can't store, you could just get like a self storage unit that you visit maybe like once a week. Get the stuff you need for the week and have that, and store the rest of it there. Yeah, because you don't you're not going to print all of that stuff in a week, but you don't need to have it taken up room in the corner. So that's probably a slightly more affordable way of storing all that stuff if you need like a, a backup or something yeah. like that and all of the blanks companies you can get their stuff next day anyway so yeah so you probably don't need to store as much as you think you do no because that's you know that's i remember when i was uh, um 
even when I was at sixth form, one of the number of th one of the things they teach you on business courses is you know having stock sitting on a shelf is bad business. Mm. So yes, yeah, it's, it's it's like a fundamental thing is just don't have stop gathering dust because it's essentially losing money not just mm. it's not just staying consistent it's actually depreciating yeah um and you might end up just having to throw it in a bin in the future just you don't need it so only get the physical location when you need it for your business from a business point of view um and i guess it's like one of those questions with a lot of things is always try and if you're thinking about getting one is try and convince yourself not to do it mm -hmm. because then you'll find the arguments pro and, and for yeah. And you'd be able to make a nice considered uh, reasoning if you actually do need it at that point. Yeah. Plus, your commute time would be significantly less if you were it's working true. out of a spare room yeah. or a garage, wouldn't it? Mm -hmm. How many? How much time would you get back? Like, how long does it take you to get to work every day? About 35 minutes. Each way. Yeah. yeah. So if you could gain that back as a printer an hour or two hours each day, depending yeah. on where, like, your available unit is, because there aren't units on every block. Like, you'd have to pick mm -hmm. a certain location and get to it every yeah. day. So you could probably print another 50 to 100 shirts in the time you'd be sitting in your car yeah. burning petrol. Exactly. So, okay, the next one that I wanted to talk about was something that we've seen a we see people do more when they're new to heat transfers, which, you know, mm -hmm. so if it's a new business you're getting into, then I can understand why this knowledge wouldn't sort of be common yeah. for everyone. Um, but it's removing the background on your artwork before you order it as a heat yeah. transfer. Um, we see quite a few first heat transfer orders. People's first orders come through with like white or black backgrounds on them which yeah. then just increases it increases the turnaround time because we then have to go back to them and ask right. for the artwork and then it just makes everything a bit longer um whereas if we get the artwork transparent straight away yeah. it just makes everything run a lot smoother um yeah so just a side note if you are ordering heat transfers to remove the background before you upload your file to easy view yeah so th this is basically this is we're saving an illustrator or photoshop it's basically a case of clicking file and then on the save as options you get the choice of white background black background or transparent background and That's you always want to go for transparent background because one of the reasons that we can have such a quick turnaround is that there's a lot of artwork checking done mm -hmm. um in the system and then we have second stage of anything that looks terrible we always try and flag it for you but as much as you can get the artwork done correctly the first time your order will just fly through the system so that means you can just hit order, you can upload your artwork, hit buy, and then two days later, you're, you're fusing basically. Yeah. So that's why it's always important to, again, just take it, it doesn't take too much time to um, just to look into artwork a little bit. We've done some um, episodes of the podcast and some live events with great Dane graphics, yes. Dane Clement. If you go back onto YouTube and look for that, where he shows you how to set up your artwork, artboard correctly first time mm -hmm. you just follow those steps every single time there'll be no issues with your artwork you'll yeah. just fly through the system you won't even have to speak to us unless you really want to <laughs> you can and then you can just get diffusing because you know yeah. again you don't want to waste time going back and forth on email and that's why we've set the easy system up like that so that you don't have to um, upload your artwork wait for someone to look at it the system does so much of it for you it tells you if the artwork's incorrect it warns you if it's going to be blurry or if it's outside the lines um so yeah just take a second just to have no background on it and it'll look even better that way yeah and i think as well it's just one of those things that you get into the habit of doing that yeah. it's ingraining that habit in the first place you do it a couple of times and then you just do it without thinking well as well if it's your first time saving artwork for, 
for anything really yeah how are you um, gonna know because when you open up as like a, the image on um photos on your if it's on your desktop if it's, if it's microsoft it has a white background when you look at it regardless of whether it has a background or not doesn't it yeah and then you have so, to either look and take it off and yeah yeah, yeah. so it's hard you don't always know when you first look at it but because the proof is proofing system is we print what you tell us to print so if you leave a white background on there we'll try and stop it, it for you mm -hmm. but if you want the quickest turnaround and transfers then it's always best to not uh, have it on there yeah very good advice for anybody um yeah as i say easy view just makes everything so much easier doesn't it i mean every little system in easy view that we've put in there like you said um if it's blurry or if it's over the lines anything like that it just makes it so so much easier are you okay my laptop just wanted to restart. I just oh, it. right. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> um, okay. This is going to be a very, this is a nightmare to edit this one. Um, should we do handheld heat press yeah. or just skip to, okay. Okay, the next one is, I've, I've seen this quite a lot on Instagram, actually. Um, people starting businesses using, people starting printing businesses, sorry, using handheld heat yeah. presses over clamshell or the swing drawer etc which we know from experience isn't great yeah. for transfer longevity later oh, down yeah. the line i might edit your phrase and say it's Go starting amateur printing businesses perhaps <laughs> that's a very good point actually <laughs> um because yeah the accuracy <laughs> yeah the accuracy is you know there's some and it, it's not to say these products are bad or anything it's just that they're not as accurate especially when it comes to pressure yeah um quite a lot of them will be out on temperature some not by like five, some by more, depending on how cheap you're buying them. Mm -hmm. um, but they, you can't regulate pressure with That's just the your arm. Thing. Medicine, yeah, it's is, the pressure. Which is part of the chemical reaction of fusing. That's a snazzy term. <laughs> I like that. We'll have to use that one going forwards. But no, you are right. Yeah. That's it. Everything, all the, the back of vinyl and back of transfers, they, they, they have a time, temperature, and pressure unlock, basically. Mm hmm so it's exactly we always say it's just like when you're cooking something in the oven you don't cook it for half the time for twice the heat mm -hmm. because you have to because that's the temperature something has to cook out everything heat printing is also recipe based mm -hmm. so don't mess with the recipe and i guess the you know having no pressure is part of the pressure is part of the recipe and if you can't control the pressure or um and with a handheld um heat press or, or it's basically an iron you can't control the pressure consistently because it kind of comes down to the user um, and anything you can do to take user um, error out of the process or user initiative uh, as they might think it'd be out of the process, then do it because yeah. you know, it's always the biggest issue when it comes to uh, return garments is there's someone's thought oh, I can do, I can, I've got an idea. I'll try this. Um, they haven't tested it. They haven't wash tested it. And that's when mistakes happen. Mm. Completely agree. Yeah. Nothing to add on that one. And it does come back to the same thing of like what you said at the beginning, using a cheaper heat press or like an import press. Yeah. The customers that just, it comes off, they don't say anything, but they never buy from you again. And you're not going to know that because it goes out the door looking completely fine. Yeah. You're not washing it 20 times. You won't see it come off, but it will eventually if the pressure's not dead on. So, yeah. Yeah. 
Cool. Okay. This kind of le leads us into the next one, which is spending too long on products, mm -hmm. which is something that we have seen a fair few businesses do right. over the years. Um, and the biggest one that I wanted to address here, I know we've spoken about this before, but is second pressing when you don't need to. Yeah. I think part of that comes from what you've said previously about that's just how they've been told to do it or how their previous princes have done it and they just mm -hmm. followed and didn't question yeah. it. But I think part of that also is if you are new to the industry and you do a press you do pre-press you fuse your transfer you peel it i think it's almost they're in a bit of disbelief that that's it mm -hmm. and that's all it takes when yeah. that's not the case it's not the case no because again everything's designed to unlock at a certain time temperature pressure and fuses um mm -hmm. unless we tell you to fuse it for a second time you don't need to mm -hmm. there's no benefit to it other than you're going to lose time in your process basically you can add steps in which you don't need to do um and like I say, is that, you know, because there's some people that are listening to this who, as well as starting from scratch, there'll be some of you that have inherited a business or you work somewhere and you might buy the business out or, you know, you come across a business that's selling that got heat presses. Um, but just to question the, inst the instructions, go back to the source of where the vinyl or the transfers have come from and look at their recipes versus the ones you've inherited. Mm -hmm. Um, because there's so many bad habits out there people think they know what they're doing or they've got they've got a good heat press and a bad transfer um, they bought cheap from somewhere or cheap vinyl they've imported from somewhere and it starts to muddy the the waters and muddy the process so if in doubt come and speak to us and say this doesn't sound right to me or how am i supposed to be doing this we won't think anything's a stupid question mm. But so many people like have inherited businesses and inherited bad practice. So they're kind of set up for a fall, basically. Yeah. Or they're set up for wasting their time by adding five, 10 seconds on every single time. Yeah. Um, and it's just, you know, especially when you're starting out, every second counts, especially if you're just doing it in like your evenings or your weekends. That you time is really be, precious. Yeah. You don't want to be doubling that time, do you? Which is no. essentially, if you're fusing it twice, you are doing everything double. Yeah. Um, and in all honesty is that we do know more about heat printing than anyone else because we're part of the stars group which is the biggest uh heat printing group anywhere in the world so yeah and we know, physically make the transfers we make the you transfers pressing, the presses so. <laughs> everything so we know we know exactly how they're supposed to work um so if something's not sticking second press is is not the answer it's yeah. talk to us because there must be a mistake somewhere else it could be the not pre-pressing or you've there's something about the way you stored the vinyl, the transfers. It's not that's not working. Could be a seam or something. Yeah, in the way. Ex exactly. Yeah, it could be something else that's in the way. So just get in touch. Um, so that's one of the points I was going to uh, raise is ask questions. That's a big business Very mistake. Is that don't ask questions to the right people, or mm -hmm. you're afraid to ask questions. But we're always happy to help. We're always really interested to see what people are up to. Anyway good or bad yeah because we know that we can help you in in some way we can either if you're doing great we can help amplify your greatness or if you're doing bad or you're struggling we, we know we can course correct on that well that's that's one of the things i was going to mention is that for the ask questions thing even if you're uh, sorry for the the transfers not sticking properly people we've had like occasionally people have messaged in to say you know i'm having issues with this transfer or that transfer and they you you hear customer service on the phone going oh have you are you doing this are you doing that and they're going yes 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 they go right send us a video of what you're doing and the second our team look at that video they go that's the problem hmm. and they can spot it a mile off but if you're just on the other end of the phone or 
you're saying what you think you're doing, but you're not fully listening to the yeah. print method. You know, like I say, something silly as a seam, or it could be something wrong with like the pressure of the press, or but our team are so sort of yeah. well in tune to everything about heat printing that one look at a video or a picture and they'll tell you what's wrong with it. And if you are new to the business, you're not going to have all of that no. trial and error mistake. So do ask us. Yeah, I've, I've heard of um, occasions when a, a customer's gone through like a whole box of T-shirts because they're making a mistake and rather than uh, you know, phone us up and ask us or test on off the first mistake, test all over the same T-shirt to try and fix mm -hmm. what the problem is. They just kept on going. It's like, well, the next one will be right. The next one will be right. The next one will be right. And then how many t-shirts are in that box? Exactly. Well, I think there's like a hundred <laughs> t-shirts or something. That's three hundred, four hundred quid down the drain because there's bad practice. They they're following bad practice with there. They weren't following the recipe, uh, but rather they just went through and kept on trying to like sort of pickheadedly plow through and fix mm. it, rather than just like, okay, after the first, after a couple, maybe just ring up and like, I'm stuck. Help me. Yeah. You, you, yeah, you think after like three or four have gone wrong, you go, right, hold fire yeah. before I waste the rest of the T-shirt box. Yeah. So definitely ask us if you do have any questions. Mm. Um, the next one is the over-pressurizing mm -hmm. of heat presses, which I do think that people do without realizing they're doing it nine times out of ten yeah. because whenever we the thing i always think about when we talk about this is having people at shows demonstrating the heat presses for the first time or when people come into our innovation center and sit down with you and you show them how the heat presses work yeah. and everything um they're almost amazed at how easy it is to use the heat press and yeah. i think a lot of people think it should be harder to clamp it down because mm -hmm. it, you're trying to clamp something like stick the transfer like they should yeah. be forced behind that but there's not as much force as you think there should be. No. Um, and it might not necessarily damage your heat press in the initial um, application, but if you do that 10, 20, 100, 1,000 times a day for the course of how many months or years, you are going to break your heat press eventually. Exactly, yeah. And I, you know, part of the problem is probably... Not having pressure readout? Not, not having a pressure readout. It's bad advice. I mean, I was at um, the FESPA show a couple of weeks ago, which is a big trade event where you... You go to the FESPA if you want to be a reseller for mm -hmm. equipment of some variety. And there's a few different uh, heat press brands there. So obviously being nosy, I went and had a look at all of them. Obviously. Um, there's so many of them. I was like, oh, over pressure, over pressure, over pressure. And this is like when they're in the space been their optimum um, showing off phase. They were over pressured. On the stands. Like, but just nobody realized they were over pressured or that's how they. I functioned. don't know if it's just bad practice it could be that the the people on the stands were following bad practice or okay. they're bad or they're badly manufactured and their hard work but yeah either way uh, not great <laughs> no exactly but you know that you know for one um it's bad for the machine it's not good for the pressing you don't gain anything you actually it's just as bad as under pressuring when it comes to the application anyway yes yeah. you don't push that guard you don't push the transfer in more you just you can actually almost go over the over and past it scorch the garment yeah bad for the user you're going to get repetitive strain if it's hard work mm -hmm. uh so that person will probably leave at some point or you'll, they'll give up yeah with if it's you if you're doing all the work you're gonna like this is hard work i don't want to do this anymore i'm giving up on this i'll do something else instead but yeah. it in reality you shouldn't have had to do that because if you buy a good press the engineering in the machine or if it's air powered it should be easy to do um because you know we want you to be out there selling and marketing 
exactly. Uh, the next one I think is on your list as well, um, photos and videos and mm. documenting your process. Yeah, big time. I'd say that it's another mistake that the common mistake is that, you know, you get heat press, you get your transfers, you get your mm -hmm. T-shirts, um, and then you don't get any business. And you think, I wonder why. Yep. And then you're like, okay, who knows about your business? How many people have you told? How many times you post about it? Like, mm, None. Like two. <laughs> um it's actually it's like it's consistently marketing and selling that's why we try and make it easy for you with heat presses and heat transfers so we've done our that's bit. the easy part that's, we've done our bit <laughs> so then you, you can get stuck into the hard work like promoting your business finding your customers mm -hmm. finding where your customers are so you can communicate with them um and just i'd say the other thing is like telling your story so many people i've spoken to that come in through these doors and talk about marketing with them and we kind of get into it and, you know, start listening to why they're doing it. Like, oh, it's really interesting. I find it, I find it fascinating. Mm. Um, and you go on to their, like, an Instagram, Facebook page, wherever they are, look on the website, none of this information's there. So you think, well, why, if I was your customer, why would I buy into you? Like, yeah, you, what I mean, reason are you giving Yeah, you and to... I'm sure it's, you know, I'm sure it's just people being humble and they're like, well, people aren't really interested in that. But, like, actually... Yeah, I'm really interested in the fact that you had ten pounds in to your name, and you went and bought some, got someone else to make some t-shirts for you. Then you sold them for ten pounds each, yeah. and you had a hundred pounds, and then you invest, then you got some more t-shirts, and then blah blah blah. blah and then you eventually invested in equipment and start your own mm -hmm. business, um, or whatever it may be. Um, it's always it's really really interesting, and I think and that's why customers will buy into you if they're like. Oh, this person's passionate about this or they've got an amazing backstory. I really want to support them, mm -hmm. and get involved with them. That's all part of marketing and promoting yourself and getting out of your own way, I guess, to yeah. um, promote your business and make sure people want to buy from you. Mm. That is a really, really good point. And I do think as well, it, it comes down to, yes, believing in the business and, you know, you get invested in the story and all of yeah. that. That's all very well. But I think as part of it comes down to, just having a bit of context as to the fact that you have been a business for however many years or months or whatever, mm. even if somebody, you know, gets halfway through what you've written about your business or about why you yeah. do what you do and go, oh, okay, that's enough. I know they're an established brand. I'll buy from them. Sometimes it's just that security of knowing that they're not just another quick turnaround, like cheaper, you know, some websites you go on and they can, if there's not a lot of information on there, they can look a bit sketchy. And yeah. you're like, oh, I'm not sure I really want to trust paying some, for something mm online yeah. if i'm not 100 percent on who these people are so even if somebody isn't interested in your stories the context and the confidence that you are a legit business i guess as well yeah and so many of your competitors will make that same mistake and not bother doing that it's yes. it's a competitive advantage to yeah. be more proactive and if you're following the processes and being as efficient as possible that yeah. time will present itself in a week um i mean i encourage you all to go back and listen to uh, the podcast episodes of Brand to Essex and Printing on Sea um, and Proud and Gifted, just to hear yeah. how they, these are businesses that are out there and putting themselves out there a bit more and be more successful because of it, mm -hmm. um, just by either just talking about what they're doing or taking a picture of the work that they're doing and then putting it out there. Ask permission, obviously. Ask, can I share this, your work that I've done for you? And then you'll find you'll get a bit more business. They get more business. And they come back to you again because they're getting busier and then they're getting more work and they're happier. And other people are like, oh, that looks really cool. I want to be 
involved with this printing company and get them to do my work it it kind of is stuff that really snowballs just mm -hmm. by getting out there and getting it done exposure yeah and it's yeah. not you know we're here doing this podcast it's not so bad once you get used to it either no <laughs> thinking of things to say every week gets a, a yeah. little bit challenging at times but i mean i think we just talk about heat printing all day long and you know the heat printing nerds out there clearly that's enjoy have, listening that's to why it. i have a content plan though isn't it that is very true yes a very extensive content yeah. plan but also everyone's story is so different like you yeah. might be sitting there thinking oh it's the same as everyone else's i guarantee you nice. your story is so different from anyone else's out there that you're going to stumble across yeah and i can you know there's a handful of uk-based printers that really tell the story so even if it is that the is same true, actually, then yeah. they're not out there telling it anyway so yeah, yeah they'll yeah. always be second yeah, you'll be first so good point very good point do you have anything else on your list yeah that the, you want to bring up one of the things i was going to bring up and again this is based on question um some comments that when we did one of our recent events that something came up um, yeah so don't know if you remember i think you i want to say it was like october maybe or november we did a whole episode on this so go back and listen to the first episode we did with kelly from styles okay. and we talked about um how to select the best blanks, the best oh, garments. Oh, yes, yeah. Something that Kelly spoke about on that, which was really good, was the best, better, oh, sorry, good, better, best approach to garments. Best, better, yeah. better. <laughs> yeah. It's because I've written a very complicated way of it down to make sure I remembered it. But the best practice, plan, Andy, the best practice is good, better, best. Um, but what I found this customer was uh, doing was they had um, good, better a bit better a little bit more even better than that really good best best excellent they had have you written that all down yeah. that piece of paper? <laughs> <laughs> so rather than say offering three versions of a t-shirt so you go to a customer yes. and you present okay i'm gonna be doing your work where for you here's some options for you yeah so well, which be, level you want to come yeah at? do you want do you want the good better or best and they some they'll pick one of the three depending on budget mm -hmm. what their their identity as a brand is and then that way they can make an informed decision. But you've only committed to three t-shirts potentially yep. that you're going to all, and you're always going to do one of those three t-shirts. So it means that you know how to fuse on all those, those three t-shirts, mm -hmm. you know, you can order those three t-shirts and you can get hold of stock for them. Um, and you're making easy for the customer. But so many people I've spoken to, like they've got like seven versions of a t-shirt they take to a customer yeah. and they bring every single color to the customer in the customer oh, that must be a massive yeah, box of and, samples it, they take and it you know but it it uh, blind almost blinds the customer your customer anyone who's listening's customer with too much choice yeah too much choice is dangerous and it leads to sort of indecisiveness mm -hmm. so actually just remembering to stick to those principles of good better best and only having say three options or two options even is fine as well yeah. Because otherwise they won't make a decision. Three options is enough so that the customer will either pick one or then be able to identify what they do want off the back of it. Now everyone works with people. I'm sure that you know, working with me, Molly, these things you sometimes give me a few options because you know they're at least I'll either make a decision or I'll know exactly what I want if I've asked you to work on something. But that's how you <laughs> that's how you do it, isn't it? Is or vice versa. I'll yeah. come to you with a million decisions and you'll give me three and go, right, now pick one. Yeah. I'm like, right, okay. Exactly. <laughs> But so many people are just doing too much. Yeah, Again, it, it comes work. back to the spending the money wisely in your business. Don't buy yeah. every single T-shirt under the sun and offer it to your customers because some of them are like, like this is cheap. I don't really want to use this. It's terrible to decorate onto yeah. because it's thin or it's rigid or something like that. It's just remember to stick to your principles 
perhaps write them down and remind yourself of them. But the good, better, best is a sort of a classic sales technique for garment decorators. It's simple, it's effective, and it gets results. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Don't offer too much. Don't stop too much because it's complicated and you'll sound very confusing to your customers. Nicely said. There's nothing else to add on that point at all. Um, no, it's a very good piece of advice for anyone starting out. And I think as well it could be very overwhelming for people who are starting that they go on to Rallowise and they see all the options and they think, oh, my God, I need to offer this and this and this. Yeah. And it's like, no, you don't really. No. Um, I think yeah, and the only other one, the one I was going to say was just to, and I think we've spoken about this before a few times, is remember all the costs of your business. Oh, I thought you were going to say something else. Okay, okay yeah. <laughs> remember all the costs of your business. Uh, so think about when you're, you know, building the cost of the costs into your product profit. Mm-hmm. Is don't forget to pay yourself. Don't yep. forget things like shipping and packaging because you need to pass all these costs on to your customer in one way or another, whether they realize it or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to make sure that every single element that goes into your business, be it utilities, um, you know, wages, you know, anything else that's in that room where you're decorating with. Time it's, even. Your time is is um, is valuable, so you make sure you charge for that properly. Yeah, and that, that was my next point, actually, is that people don't charge enough, not just from a products and utility and like overhead point of view but from a lack of confidence point of view if you are using our heat transfers target transfers custom heat transfers or um ohotronics heat presses our stars Mm -hmm. vinyl anything like that you are using the best materials in in the world like on the market for heat printing so don't undersell yourself if you are using those products because they are the best they will last if you apply them properly the lifetime of the garment um just because you're a new business, don't charge less because of that, because you're still yeah. producing one of the high quality products, obviously depending on which t-shirt you decide yeah. to put them on. Um, so yeah, don't undersell yourself because you'll end up lacking on profit. And then as and when you do decide to increase your prices, there might be a little bit of pushback from customers yeah. who aren't used to that pricing. And you go, well, it should have been this from the beginning, but I didn't have the confidence to do that. And yeah. yeah, if you're using the best materials, you don't need to undersell it. No, no, you shouldn't try and race to the bottom when it comes to pricing. It's because it's not going to, there'll always there'll be, could be someone bigger and, you know, with yeah. more resources that will just bury you because of it. And none of you are going to really be successful. You're just going to end up making less profit from everything you do. Exactly. And I think if you charge, don't get me wrong, if you charge way too much, obviously you may lose jobs because if you overcharge. But yeah. I do sometimes think if you undercharge, you could potentially lose jobs because people don't think you're not a legitimate business, but they think, oh, it's cheaper. It won't be as good a quality when yeah. in reality you're just trying to get the job in the first place. So all of these things that I think if anything it's in people's heads more than anything a bit like having a warehouse space like you don't need that that's a misconception from an external perspective really isn't it that's it i think you know if the way to kind of gain perspective is is to go into shops or even just like the supermarket and just look around the the aisles and you see that everywhere there's there is the good better best in every single walk of life or any buying process be it Mm -hmm like say you go into the alcohol aisle and you, you will have cheap have you know reasonable and you have expensive mm. but they don't have them in their big some of those things because no one buys them people buy all of these products you just have to position yourself correctly mm-hmm. and you know prove that you have value by storytelling 
uh, and people will respect you for it if you just have to you have to keep that position if you're going to go for premium price have a premium product and have a premium message to match it mm-hmm. and you know engage with those people and excite them and explain to them why they should have premium products and get them excited about wanting those products mm-hmm. because some of the products when you buy the wholesale garments they're really not that expensive even the more expensive ones which if you're buying like a blank t-shirt and you're looking at i don't know three to four pounds for the Mm. bella canvas ones that we wear all the time um versus like the oversized um ecology ones that we were printing on the other day Mm -hmm. they were i think either six or 650 for a blank t-shirt and Compared to the Bella Canvas one, that's expensive. But when you zoom out and look at the whole picture, yeah. that's still not a lot for a blank T-shirt if it gives you that added premium, yeah. eco-friendly message on top of that. So it's all about taking a step back and looking at the bigger picture rather than getting fixated on it's a pound more, it's two pound more, yeah. this equals that. It's like, okay, but how much can that one or two pounds add on to the profit of that item? Yeah, it doesn't have – just because something costs a pound more doesn't mean you have to sell it for only a pound more. Exactly. Yeah, you're not losing profit. If anything, you're probably gaining a couple yeah. of pound more per T-shirt. Um, yeah, it all depends what your customers want yeah. and where you want to position your brand. But, yeah. Was there anything else on your list of things? To I was just going to say, if you're, you know, on the, just on the topic of if you're looking for help, don't be afraid to ask. Or mm-hmm. uh, if you want to look at good quality machines, just a reminder: on June the twenty eighth, we will be hosting Headwear Live here at Target HQ. So you can come and see every single machine. Yeah. You can speak to the experts. We'll both be there presenting. Uh, we'll have um, Beachfield uh, mm-hmm. brands with us, who are the leading supplier of hats and bags and accessories. Valorize will be there with all the information you need to get started buying products. So come on and pepper them with questions, graph tech and their vinyl cutter will be there. So there's lots and lots of stuff going on mm-hmm. um, and you can learn from the best. You can ask these questions that you're always a bit worried to ask or see for the stuff for yourself. If you're thinking about starting or just or growing or even wanting to get the, the most expensive machine because you're few years into that journey and you're ready to get the best machine mm-hmm. come and ask us those questions because uh, we'd love to help you yeah and as much as this is headwear live if you like andy said if you have questions about the machines or the transfers or something uh, that's not headwear related still come to the event because yeah. you might gain something from the headwear part of it but then there's also going to be a very long like networking period um i say very long hour hour and a half um, and where you'll get to like talk to everybody and you don't have to like-minded people exactly yeah you can speak to like-minded people and you can also speak to like you say us about anything to do with heat printing at that point so if someone comes up and asks me to see a heat transfer i'm not going to go no this is a hat event you're not going to ask me that exactly (laughs) um so yes june 28th tickets are available on custom.targettransfers.com um yeah i think that's everything for this week's episode thank you andy for joining me thanks to everyone for listening and we'll be back next week with another podcast